Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. Welcome back, Immigrant Nation. Another week, another new episode. Can you believe it? In a month, we are celebrating the third year anniversary of an immigrant's life. This has been the longest creative endeavor I have ever created. And I am grateful for it every day. Speaking of being grateful, of course, what I'm truly grateful for is you, my listeners. New ones or the old ones, I appreciate your support for being here with me. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. If you haven't officially joined the Immigrant Nation yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button wherever you're tuning in to this podcast. Another way to become part of this vibrant community is by following us on social media. You can find us at An Immigrant's Life. It's the best way to reach out if you or someone you know is interested in being a guest on the show. And alternatively, you can also shoot an email to animmigrantslife at yahoo.com. Let's connect and share your beautiful story. With the reminders out of the way, let's dive into this week's episode. In today's episode, we have a remarkable guest, a visionary in the real estate industry who shares his journey of self-discovery, mentorship, and building a successful career. We'll explore the secrets to personal success, the vital role of a real estate agent, managing busy business days, and bouncing back from setbacks. Our guest also provides valuable insights into real estate investments and offers strategies to enhance your real estate endeavors. Champs. This episode is a treasure trove of knowledge, so grab your notepads and get ready to elevate your real estate game. And with that, without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a real estate agent investor. Not only he can help you buy a house, he will also teach you how to cash flow. Everyone, please welcome Mohit Kanyan. Thank you, guys. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome, man. Thank you for making time. I know you're a busy dude, co- collecting <laughs> uh, collecting cash and securing the bag. <laughs> well, we are all trying, so that's all we can do. Yeah. Right. Before we move on, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. You know, I look forward to it. For sure. Why don't you tell the immigrant nation where they can reach you, or if you're not promote anything? So uh, I think the easiest way to reach out to me is on my Instagram, which is Kanyan Real Estate. If you just type Mohit Kanyan, I'm sure it'll pop up there. And then uh, the other way is uh, I'm active on uh, LinkedIn and uh, in, so in terms of social media, Instagram and LinkedIn, or you can just uh, Google me. I'm sure something will pop up and you can <laughs> be able to message me. Beautiful. Do you have TikTok? I do have TikTok, but I don't use it very often. I think that's like TikTok, like I just, because I think I'm having good run with Instagram. Mm. I think TikTok gets pretty, you know, 
like uh, <laughs> i don't like kind of response you get i think it's a little bit more genuine i found it to be on instagram compared to tiktok how do you find that uh like uh, i think from uh, my understanding what i have seen so far i think uh, it's just tiktok algorithm works very aggressively i think uh, in a way where like things can blow up uh, quickly but at the same time you just do not get a lot of genuine responses or engagement from that platform as as far as in my experience uh, but i think instagram is much more genuine that way so that's mm. why i stick to that and it's just you know wherever i get the leads that's where i get it from mm. <laughs> do you think it's because people mm. perceive tiktok as more of like a childish thing rather than instagram being a professional page i i i think there is that element but i i see a lot of people does uh, pretty good content on but i think tiktok mostly people treat it just as a video and just you know for a fun platform you know you just keep scrolling and instagram mm. people do go out for like real information as well I think that it's just more maybe it's a, just a perception thing but that's in my personal experience so far I had a more genuine inquiries and more genuine results from Instagram so far. Mm beautiful. Before we get to other things I want to mm. get give some background originally from Delhi India. No I I studied in uh, there uh, I'm uh, from a nearby small town which is I think 3 hours from uh, Delhi there is a like a province or state called Haryana that's where I'm originally from I grew up there I did my high school there as well then after that I moved to Delhi and then did uh, my undergrad studies before moving to Canada for my masters mm. but I did spend like good 4 uh, or 5 years of my time in Delhi Mm before you moved to Canada how old were you I moved here I think I was uh, how old I was I was 22 or something 22 you were a man <laughs> <laughs> No I did I I I had a pretty good run like you know I, when I came here, I pro- probably knew everything what I wanted to do mm. I had things sorted out like what direction I want to take my life in and then once I came in I didn't waste any time Hmm were you planning to move to anywhere before that or were were you just wasn't no, even was thinking about US, it it was just us or canada hmm. then i found ca- canadian immigration to be much more sorted out compared to us so that was the only uh, direction point hmm. uh, where it's just like uh, us immigration system is very hard very difficult to navigate it's not uh, like uh, like not as planned as the canadian one is like where you do abc then you can get your like you know you have a chance to stay in the country and the work permit situation is pretty sorted out here if you want to stay for a while you can go for work permit and what not in us i think it's just a little bit more complicated that way otherwise first preference was obviously us but then uh, like i just found my uh, second choice hmm. i understand you were international student which province did you go to I studied in uh, Ontario itself and that's where I live right now so I studied in University of Windsor. Mm. Why did you choose that university? Oh it was also that was also my second choice my initial choice was uh, there was a university in Halifax that was where I was supposed to go and there was an entrepreneurship course I was supposed to enroll into but then uh, as luck would have it uh, there was a uh, university of option uh, university of windsor was my secondary option in that way but i think there was last minute there were some changes in the program requirements which led me to uh, make a decision for uh, university of windsor instead of that program because i was uh, I already got accepted in both of them but i was really leaning towards it because that program is much more what we want what i wanted to do it but there were some uh, uh long term issues with the program like it was a small program they said they can extend it but then university didn't give me any guarantees that they can be able to extend my 
study permit and whatnot so i just didn't want to take any chances so i just stick to the uh, you know students are option hmm. did you know anyone in canada or at least in ontario when you moved i i not necessarily uh, i didn't have any friends as such in there obviously i knew few people but i i did a good amount of research before coming to the university or i reached out to at least 10 like you know 50 people or people on facebook um, and different platforms and then few of them gotten back to me and that's how i before even landing here i had uh, already applied started applying for part time work and then had my room situation sorted out so i landed in windsor airport there was a there was a lady i was sitting in the plane with she gave me right to my room which i have booked before uh, coming to canada so went Wait, in there sorry okay. did you do you know this lady or you just no we just we just started talking i think this is this is 2016 so there was some i think we started talking about some different elections and like i'm i'm a big political junkie as well so i do as consume on trend and she was as well so we just kind of talking about different political topics and what not she kind of hit very well so we were traveling from toronto to windsor so it's like a half an hour flight or so 45 minutes so then we just started talking and we did uh, and i had some good conversation then she said like hey i'll i'll drop you you know since you are new to the city you don't know where, what to do and what not i was wow. going to do but otherwise i had uh, that planned out but she said i'll drop you then she did drop me there yeah what a charming guy <laughs> that's um, i mean for her to trust you <laughs> i know <laughs> But but you gotta look at other way. Now I also trusted her with my safety. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You know, you could have been like the movie Taken. I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now she was she was a genuine person. She said I had my park car parked at the Windsor Airport. I'm gonna go home uh, anyway, so why don't I'll just drop you in? I'm like, okay, that's good. And then there's a guy behind you who's gonna hit hack walk in the head. <laughs> 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 no, I did. I did check her backseat before entering. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great Canada opening for you, right? But before you moved to Canada, was what was your perception about Canada? Uh, I think um, I didn't. Ha- I I just knew like uh, because I think one thing I. Uh, in india in it's like because of the population size and the amount of opportunities obviously it's very like you really have to be like like the top top like top 0.1% in india in order to be successful but in uh, I, i knew in canada like if i i had the work ethic already i'm like i would be able to take more opportunities uh, take advantage of more opportunities in canada compared to what i was able to do in india so that was my only goal i knew some people here uh, like you know wherever i do i, I always look up especially uh, like you know online like people who have made it here how they did it and what not so i already had some ideas about uh, uh, like it was very clear in my head that i'm going to pursue a business i just did not know at that time what business would work and then i once i landed here i started working on it right away like hey what sort of business line should i go into it what skills do i need in order to you know be successful at it i just knew if i give it my good attempt i will be able to uh, like make an impact uh, in canada pretty quickly and that's how things panned out as well as soon mm-hmm. as i in there i'm like i just don't want to limit myself to one thing or the other i did uh, like for example i did um, i came into a masters program for engineering but then uh, i while i was doing engineering i was super clear if, uh, clear about the fact that i don't want to pursue an engineering job as per i would rather do some sort of business and then i realized in canada like the two really good businesses from my perspective because i was part of immigrant uh, 
uh, you know community as well so either you know uh, like the one is the real estate obviously that has a lot of money i met a bunch of people in windsor who were making a good amount in while doing real estate they were flipping houses they were buying houses which were not in good shape fixing it and i understand that process very well and that's how i started with my uh, like the student business journey as well so I understand and see how much they were making and how many houses you can do it in a year and i'm like yeah that seems pretty pretty you know like uh, something that i can do easily mm-hmm. pretty easily but it's really doable uh and and that's how i kind of get started from that i'm like okay real estate like that's that's so uh, like i know that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna start investing in real estate and then go from there see how things pan out and that's what uh, ended up happening mm. this is one thing that i love about your stories while you were studying you were a franchise manager for a painting company yeah that's a lot of work dude yeah no it was it was good and uh, that's why uh, because no my study <laughs> that's a big misconception about master studies in canada it's super easy to do especially if, uh, coming from indian education system which is very difficult to crack the canadian system was like a cake walk man like i wouldn't go <laughs> with my classes like i i wouldn't go most of my classes i think there's only the mandatory classes i would attend and that to my classes length was like 3 hours and we would get a break after one and a half hour mm. so i'll just uh, take a take my break after one and a like uh, uh, during the break i'll just leave the class if attendance has already happened i would leave it like that was my only goal just to be present get that attendance mark and everything and then if it's not a mandatory attendance i won't go to the class i will just study before the exam and would be able to we only had to score minimum 70 uh 70 percentile to uh, pass the masters and that's what i kind of focused i think my percentage was also like 73 or something at the end mm-hmm. hey they yeah. always say a person that graduated uh, to be a doctor number one and the doc the person that graduated at the bottom They're still both doctors. <laughs> yeah, that was my, I'm like, I just wanted to pass it. I don't want it because I was very clear. I was not going to go into a technical field. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do the business. So I just need to make sure I score good enough marks so I don't fail the exam. And that's, that was like, the, that was a clear goal from day one. Mm-hmm. Do you think you needed a school to start a business or you could have just gone straight to business? I think it did help in terms of uh, I think everything happened for a reason you got to take it as a positive so if let's say if there wouldn't be a school would I have learned multitasking in sort of many different ways like cuz the school did put me in a position where I had a very specific time to do my assignments if I don't do it at that time I'm going to miss the deadline cuz I was doing so many things about the business and then I meet so many people during the school uh which kind of shaped uh, my thinking and then did push me go go ahead with the business uh, same thing with college pro i found it through one of the i i found it online but then uh, the guy who has already done it he was also a university of windsor student so he really guided me through that process so i think school did play a good role into it and then you just got you know i made the best out of each the world but yeah if looking back at it if i would have done it before might have gone through a different route but maybe might have i probably would have ended in the same situation but i think it was good like i, I met some good friends who eventually became my business partner later on in the time and then while in school i lived in student housing so that kind of taught me a lot about how to run student rentals 
So that's how most of my rental properties that we own uh, are all student rental. So that really taught me a lot about how to manage them, how to manage a student expectation, being a student myself. So I think everything did play a huge role from that perspective. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. mentioned uh, student housing. What do you mean? Like you buy a house and then you rent it to students? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like we run our, like all the rental properties that we have, we have them for, uh, we do student rental in them. Mm, okay. Your painting company. I want to understand this. Like, mm-hmm. how did how did it work? Do you have to pay for the franchise, and then you do it yourself? You do the painting, or how does it work? So basically, for uh, student rental companies, what we uh, did is uh, we it was a franchise company. So I was a franchise owner, and then uh, so we signed, we applied for it. So this was a company. Now they don't no longer. I think they shut down their painting division. They still do other businesses, but no longer the painting business. Such. So we they usually hire a student, a student who's uh, who's a full time student, and they'll give him the they'll give him a training to run a business during a summer time, basically. So that was the goal, and then they would do the training throughout the year to get you ready for the summer time, and then you just kind of run the business, and then you uh, uh, pay back them through the franchise fee from the transaction that you would do. So they won't charge any upfront fee. There was only I think two hundred dollars or something like that. Then uh, and then from uh, that point on, uh, it just kept building from there on, and then you can do it for multiple years as well as long as you are a full time student, and that's how I kind of do it. Some people pursue it on a full time basis as well, but for my, I was I was clear that I would just want to do it in the school because I want to really learn the. Uh, learning the uh, like the business in a professional manner how to do it how to talk to the clients how to structure your day how to plan your meetings how to plan your calendar and stuff like that so that kind of really like you know there was a launch pad for us uh, with the minimum risk from that point on and i took advantage of it i did make good money out of it pretty much paid all my tuition fee and had my money saved for my first investment property everything through college pro and it was a great experience i think i get to meet some of the students who did some amazing work and they're still building up some of them are doing now startups in uh at uh, in waterloo itself they're doing technical and they were all were my partners in college pro we all learned the business together so it's a good community to be a part of and then we still have they still do their uh like I think uh, and will get together and stuff like that so you get to go there and meet those people some of them has went on to start their own big companies now I think some of them even went on the Dragon's Den as well no way yeah so it's just like it's just, it's just amazing to be part of a culture like this where they teaches you as a student how to manage money how to spend it how to calculate you know profit losses how to pay it taxes hst and stuff like that so you know everything i like i can calculate uh, i used to calculate all my accounting by myself they made sure that we like we could give it to someone else but they said like, they literally taught us how to do the hst calculations yourself how how much you owe and you can calculate all those things same thing with profit loss so like we did pretty much not only the business sales customer dealing and everything but also accounting payroll uh how to hire employee how to fire if they are not performing how do you hold them accountable and stuff like that so so it was just a lot of learning through that uh, experience of two years that i had with college pro and that kind of still serves me very well because i now understand these things when i run bigger businesses which has uh, many employees so, but i can easily you know it's just the same math we still do mm-hmm. so it's easy for me to now you know look back at things and tell oh this is how it usually happens this is how it should happen and kind of go from there Mm, beautiful. You mentioned real real estate. What motivated you to enter real estate? Oh, I think that's the only business that's kind of make money in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, land always makes money. 
<laughs> I know. No, I'm no. So basically, it was just because when I started real estate, obviously the biggest hurdle I faced was getting approved for mortgages. So I was working in Amazon. It mm. really helped me. Uh, had a well-paying job right after university, so uh, that really helped me get uh, started with my getting approved for mortgages and buy more and more properties. So that was the the starting point. It was just I didn't know at that time like what I'm gonna make, but our my goal was simple. Like, hey, uh, let's buy at least one property every year. If we can buy two, that's great. And that was our goal from day one. Let's buy two properties every six months. We gotta buy something. We didn't know how it's gonna turn out. How we gonna we gonna whether we wanna we don't wanna sell it. We just like okay, we buy it. We buy a property which will be able to sustain itself with the rental income to pay its mortgage, and that's our goal. We don't wanna take any money out of the property. Whatever it makes, we put it back into the property. Uh, as long as it cash flow, we'll buy it. And that's mm-hmm. how we started. And when there, there was just no big plans that I'll own this much one day. This ad, this is just simple. Look, let's just buy more properties. Let's just buy it. You, when you say property, were you originally were you just buying houses? Houses, yeah. We just bought. Yeah, initially we started with single family, mm. and then we just kept buying more and more. We bought a bunch of duplexes as well. Did some conversions ourselves, but uh, that's how we started. Hmm. I always wanna ask, mm. like, why should one hire a realtor? Because now people can really sell their the house themselves, right? But why would you someone hire a realtor? No, I think uh, in Canada, like uh, just because I think there's a lot of information which is not available to our day to day. As as I didn't have it when I was doing, I always had a realtor helping me out. Hmm. But uh, I could do those analysis about properties myself. Uh, I don't need, uh, but so there's certain information only a realtor can give me. Now uh, at that time, the, now there are apps which tells you recent sales in the area, so you can kind of you know guess the price earlier. That wasn't the option. So now you can actually you can everyone can calculate the value of their house up to a certain accuracy at least 70 80% just by going through a different uh, online uh, websites and stuff like that they'll be able to calculate the value of their house what uh, realtor really helps you is let's say if you are selling a house he will be able to get it staged promote it on different channels uh, and then uh, you know get, negotiate the pricing and all that so that's really matter and on the on the stats on the seller side and on the buyer side i think just guiding people uh, especially who are doing it for the first time or their second time or just starting out especially in investment or regular as well it's just like a lot of nuances which are involved in the process of uh, making sure you get the inspection done on the property and if it's a property which is very competitive market so you can't put a conditional offer what are the other things here you do diligence that you can do uh for your client that uh so that they don't end up in a situation where they buy a property and then there are a bunch of issues with the property mm. so, like i can like you know for example uh visited a property uh yesterday in the morning uh it was in london and then uh so we're just going through the property and then i usually because you know i look at from the lens of if let's say if i'm buying it what are the things i would look at it so client is new has never done the property we saw a property was pretty good shape and then i noticed something uh and there were some issues with the like once we went in the basement i saw some there were some leakage issues in there i could see it because i've seen it so many times it, it wasn't very visible but i can uh, see it okay there was some sort of leakage issue in there and then i called the agent i asked him about hey there was there a leakage problem he said yeah there was a leakage problem but we have fixed it and then i asked him to give us the proof that they have fixed it and whatnot so so it's just like those things that really helps you uh in terms of finding the house and then uh same thing i think buyer part a lot of people i always tell my clients as well i have them uh, 
I really teach them in my in our first meeting, like how to find the property for them. Once we figure out which market they want to invest in, then I'm like, hey, go on these websites and try to find the property yourself as well. Like I'll obviously I'll I'll book it for you. I'll find the properties, but I think you should do it as well because now you get a really good idea. Like if you are involved in that process as well, buyer becomes a lot more knowledgeable, and then it becomes a transaction. The entire process becomes a lot more easier for you as a agent as well, and then helping them out uh, with the like the all the renos that we do, what sort of renos they should go for, because there are a lot of renos you can do in a house, but do they really increase the uh, rent value for you? Mm-hmm. So, you know, helping them with that part, hey, should we, uh, where can we add value to this property at a minimum cost, which doesn't really burn their pocket, but at the same time, get them returns on it as well. Mm-hmm. And then what is the right time to convert the, do the duplex conversion on the house? So like, these are just, I don't, I don't like, you know, it's not everyday realtor part of realtor's job, but at the same time, because I've done these processes and most of my clients are investor as well. So it's just like, you know, you attract the uh, your own tribe, uh, like the, I kind of attract the people, attract client who are like me or Star wants to invest and whatnot. So just, you know, giving them my, just sharing my experience with them, I think kind of does my job. I don't really put uh, like, you know, I don't have to go out of my way to really do something. I just tell them what I have done. And that, like, you know, kind of makes the things easier for them as well. Let them decide. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Is it true that when you're trying to sell your house, you should renovate your kitchen? Yeah, I think you should renovate it and then, you know, have a, a renovate and it should be in white in color. So there's just a bunch of thing and house should be painted in a light color. You should have it staged. It looks a lot bigger if you have it staged. And obviously the white, even when you do a valuation from the bank, if you do refinancing of your house, having a white kitchen does add extra value to it. Uh, having port lights add extra value to it. So just those small, small things, you just learn it. Like once you go through the banking process and, uh, you know, uh, refinance and all that. So mm-hmm. Balancing a real estate business can be demanding. How do you manage yeah. your time effectively? I, I, it goes like I think college really taught me really cared about uh, like I put everything that I want to do during the day in my reminders. If it's not in my reminder, I probably not even remember to do it, won't even do it. But everything uh, from the to the T is in my calendars. If I have to call someone, if I have to follow up, uh, everything is in the reminders. Just keeps it goes every hour, few times in a hour. Uh, like everything has been planned uh, that way. And then a lot of reminders are repeated as well because the tasks are repetitive in that sense. So it's just like I, I rely on my reminders and calendars every day. That's how I do it. But yeah, it's demanding. It's just 24-7. If you don't really enjoy it, you won't be able to make it big in real estate industry. Like you really need to enjoy it because that's all you can That's all you're going to talk about. That's all you're going to do. There's going to be people calling you in the middle of the night, be it your tenants or your clients. And those things just happen. Right now, we have three clients who are doing the renovation of their property. So they'll call me, they'll send me pictures. Hey, what do you think about this and that? And then and then I try to visit their property every few times because they are nearby. So I can visit them. Uh, and then we have another one starting renovations next week in London. I think there's a closing happening. To, yeah, closing is tomorrow. So we got to get that started as well. So finding the right uh, renovation people from them. And right now, a lot of people are busy. So just trying to figure out their schedule see if anything can be matched out and then we can get everything done before the tenant moves in finding tenants help them screening the tenants and whatnot mm. so, yeah it's just like yeah if you get up if you're not on planet your business will uh, like you know you'll get behind in business so it's super important 
for me it's just simple like you know i i keep everything on my calendar and that's how i go about it do you write it down or you put it on your phone no phone phone i never write down anything never <laughs> i never take any notes no no <laughs> i didn't take notes in class either so <laughs> everything is in phone everything is phone yeah hmm. how do you do it do you do it the night before or do you night do you do it in the morning throughout the day like uh usually like the big stuff i would check it in the morning the first thing i do is just check my calendar mm. like if there is any big event i need to go for because uh, day-to-day things i keep track of like let's say if i'm driving my notification will pop up hey call this person for this thing i'll just call that person right away there are certain things where you do need some time like let's say on tuesdays uh, and uh, mondays and tuesdays we put a lot of offers for all the showings that we did on the weekend and whatnot so i would have times so i would just make sure what time what time we need to put our offer so i'll make sure like i'll stop during that time and be sitting there while sending the offers and whatnot mm-hmm. so for that but rest of the time as, as i'm going by a reminder will pop up i'll do the task right away and if it's related to a uh, gas station or something uh, I try to give that work to my uh, manager or my wife ha- takes care of that part so I just let her know hey this needs to be done can you you know make sure we get this done mm-hmm. Can you highlight a successful project or deal that you're particularly proud of Oh I think there is just one we did right now I had my uh, la- yesterday's event in that property as well this is for my uh, a client of mine uh we got a property in kitchener for 830 it's a big house three bedroom upstairs with a big basement uh, in there even basement is above grade as well so we converted that house into four bedroom upstairs we added three bedrooms in the basement it was basic renos we didn't do anything everything was already there we just put up literally put the doors mm-hmm. there there's renos of around 10 to 12000 on that property and then i think that property given the high interest rate that property is going to cash flow 1600 bucks per month and that's pretty unique uh, given today's market like it's hard to find cash flowing property and then we've been able to make this work for 15 to 1600 bucks per month i think uh, yeah that's something we're very proud of. and that's why i did the event in that property last night and i had uh, we had a good uh, showing in there almost uh, 20 20 people i only had 20 tickets and they were all sold out uh, there were a bunch of people who just showed up uh, in there and then uh, so Wait, what do you mean 20 tickets so like uh, for the event that we sold uh, uh, we had yesterday so i keep my events super small so we can have good genuine conversations but then mm. a lot of my friends just walk in in these events <laughs> <laughs> bastards <laughs> yeah <laughs> hyenas <laughs> man Yeah, yeah and then so because it, this was in a house so we wanted to keep the crowd well maintained uh, mm-hmm. you know in there so just don't wanted to get things out of hand okay that way so in there we did a property tour i showed them what what we have done with the property uh i think it was a good learning experience for everyone then we just chatted for a while so we have a lot of clients who were investing in the similar cities and they were all present there yesterday so i connected all of them hey you invest in kitchener this guy also invest in kitchener you invest in these kind of property this guy also does this so it's like they all get together so they share their ideas uh, you know they see the, the contact numbers and, and that's how you kind of you know make connections and help each other out we have a good client uh, at least right now i think 15 to 16 clients who have all invested in london so i made a group of all of them uh, had them me all of them uh, met each other yesterday kind of discuss their challenges and see how they can navigate it that's amazing man 
Do you run the day-to-day management of the gas station in the restaurant you own? No, no, no. My my wife does it. Uh, mm. And then uh, we have uh, like uh, now good employees who manages things, most of it themselves. But uh, I try to stay away from it. But I do step in for important stuff. At least I try to dedicate at least four or five hours in a week there during the day time so i can just make sure expenses are uh, going in everything is getting paid on time and we are uh, everything uh, new stuff which is getting ordered is like you know put in correctly so right now we have kind of automated most of the processes but there's still a lot of things that i I also want to you know intrigued by how the process works there so just learning uh, that business as well but i do try to dedicate at least half a day in a week there Mm. what kind of employer are you uh, but kind of, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty chill. Like I, like we have certain standards. As long as those are met, I don't mind what people do. As long as they, they open it on time, close it on time, and then there's no customer complaints. Because nowadays it's very easy to get feedback on your employees uh, through the Google reviews and whatnot. So we very, we, I take them super seriously as well. So anytime there is a bad review, I make sure like they are aware of it. Anytime there is a good one, I do share that with them as well. So I think that uh, that's kind of a pretty good check and balances we have. And plus, when I go there, I keep uh, I have a checklist of things that I want to go over, and then I make sure if anything is missing, then that means someone didn't do their job properly. Everything we can, you know, some, sometimes we backtrack into it. Uh, but yeah, so far we haven't had any issues. But I'm not uh, super since I don't go there every day. I don't get to you know see a lot of things either. I just rely on what. Uh, other people are telling me and then I can see the numbers results that way. So if the numbers are going good, then when someone is doing something right, if those things doesn't go away, then we kind of deep dive and see what's going on. So we have a weekly meeting. We get everyone together, get their thoughts in there because they are the, there. They get to, you know, get good review of them. They're like, what, what are the new things we can do? But marketing, maybe we can use probably, you know, we do uh, like, should we do more social media or we rely on other things? So they give their feedback as well. I take it seriously. I think they'll be, they are there all the time. So they know that market better than I do. So like, yeah, it's just, it was just a good, you know, give or take uh, relation we have with them. And I think most of our employees, none of our employees have ever, we ever have to, I think one guy we had to ever fire, never uh, anyone else has stayed with us until they reached a point where they want to move on to something else in their life. And then I think one of our employees is with us from last, uh, she's been working in the same gas station for five years. Uh, and then we continued her as well. We we actually took over all the employees from when we both buy the business. We kept all the employees as well. Most of them are still here with us. And then we got our onboarded some new people. So yeah, it was, just, it was a good balance of experience and uh, some newcomers in the business. And then things keep moving every six months. Uh, we would have one person leave uh, either their school is over now, so they have to go find something else for other works. Most of our uh, employees uh, were student at some point. Uh, I got some of my uh, people who live, some of the students who live in my property. If I see a good potential, I do offer them job as well. Oh, sweet. Yeah, because yeah. it's good for them. It's, it helps them in their like uh, immigration and all that uh, along with uh, what we are looking for. Yeah. Makes, yeah, it so, makes so much sense. It'll, it's easier for you since you you know you you know you can rely on this person and you know this person for you know where they live. Correct. Yeah. You know, just in case they steal something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We didn't have any uh, stealing issues. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like yeah, we but uh, we had uh, our. Uh, uh, but there are certain obviously it's like day to day challenges that we 
uh, get uh, during the business time. But other than that, it's pretty straightforward. It has been a smooth ride so far. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you own mostly property like houses. This gas station, what made you decide to buy a, a gas station? I was just uh, like, we were looking to diversify our portfolio as well. And then... Uh, uh with the like with the with the real estate is just like you know you don't get uh, a lot of because uh, i was leaving my full-time work at that time at amazon mm-hmm. i wanted to pursue the real estate full-time as well we wanted to make sure uh, we want we have a steady uh income like a full-time uh, income that we can uh, rely on uh, uh so that was the idea behind buying a business active business which can kind of get get that generate that cash flow for us on a daily basis mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you know that way, like the transition from a full-time work to a business is uh, easy for me. So that's the idea behind it. Uh, we mm. wanted something active, uh, mm. which kind of you know, I I stay involved, and it's just you know, learning experience from uh, different course, businesses. Makes sense. At the end of the day, like the fundamental principles are same across all the businesses. And then how do you implement in each business? That's where the difference is. So it's kind of and I didn't uh, learn a lot from it already. Like it's a, especially it's a large scale business. There's a lot of moving pieces to it. You have to manage every small detail about it, and that's kind of translate into other businesses as well. If it's some good parts of it, so yeah, no, it has its own challenges, but I think it's it's been a good experience so far. Beautiful. I have to ask this because my youngest always mm-hmm. talks about it. Because okay. every time we pass by a gas station, he always let's see. You know, you usually see like two gas stations side by side. You know. Yeah, and he always say, "Dad, why don't you just put the gas lower so people will come to you?" Because <laughs> there's, there's, so especially the ones who are right in front of each other, hmm. they match each other's price. So if one person goes lower, the other will go lower as well, and they can't go below a certain point because they bought it at X number. You know, they can't sell it a minus X. Either they're going to sell it at X plus one, X plus two. That's the only difference. And then at the end of the day, you don't want to sell a lot of gas and don't make any money on it either. You know, because uh, they can be one. But usually people, the gas station, which are right in front of each other, they'll always match the price from each other. Because you know, even if they lower it, the next person will lower it as well. So even if they lower it, uh, that's how usually the tracking happens. The moment the next person uh, reduce, reduces the price, then you would uh, they would price match it as well right away. Mm. Who decides the price? Is it the store's owner or is mm. the company has the map? So there, there, there are two different ways. In in one, uh, depending on what contract you have with the company, there's in one where you are uh, buying and selling, where you get to decide your own price. And if you are, uh, if you have like in my case. Uh, my, I have, uh, I have a different deal with the company where my prices keep stays the lowest in the city, and then company decides the price. In my cases, mm, okay. we have a fixed commission structure. Whether they sell it at this price or they are sell it at a little higher price, we have our fixed uh, uh, number that we go by. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than uh, in uh, in in any other case, we usually uh, usually people get to decide their own, but this still stays within the margin because the moment you increase it by a lot, there's also a perception issue as well. Like you know, you don't want to make a perception that you sell gas at a very high price because mm-hmm. that kind of hurts you in the long term. Yeah, you know, I have like different favorite gas stations because like know. this guy always goes slow. You know, this one's always yeah. high. Yeah, if you see the Pioneer gas stations, they are old corporate owned stores. So they all, you'll always find them to be the cheapest because corporation can afford to do it compared to, let's say, a Petro Canada or a SO. 
their prices are not going to be the lowest in the area it's always going to be the point here because they are corporate owned stores yeah okay. that's how it kind of works out yeah. Oh, yeah makes sense your entrepreneurial journey likely mm-hmm. comes with both highs and lows how do you handle setbacks and maintain positive mindset so i think it's just it's just uh, like you know uh, so far like i've i've uh, I've seen a lot and we overcame uh, through that as well but for now now it's just part of a structure like you know every day there isn't been a setback that I haven't overcome but it's just surrounding yourself with people uh, who've been through this journey before that kind of really helps you out because sometimes you get those problems that you have never faced before and then you just reach out to people who have been doing this for a while so there are good chances they have probably faced this problem or they will be mm-hmm. able to guide you to the people who have faced this problem i just reach out to people and ask them question like hey like this is what happened to me what do you think how can we address it and they are usually very uh, helpful in that regard and they uh, if they have faced it they tell me the response if they don't know they usually guide me to someone who knows about it but i think i have uh, surrounded myself with very good professionals up to this point uh, be it in any field at this point uh, that i can uh, reach out to them and rely on their responses mm makes sense your type of business is there's a lot of risk how yeah. do you approach calculated risks so Oh, calculated risk is uh, man. At the end of the day, it's just basic uh, part of the businesses is uh, like uh, how much uh, you're putting it in, how much you are getting out of it, and if that map, uh, that math is super simple in terms of uh, that. Hey, I'm putting X amount in there, and I'm gonna get Y amount out. But uh, the only uh, variable is amount of effort that I'm putting myself into the business. for example gas station my personal effort is very low on it but my investment is very high in business my investment is super low uh, for the realtor business but my personal time is very high so that's how you got to calculate the like the returns on investment in that way one gives me return on investment on my time in it the other one gives me return on investment on my pure investment on it so that's how you kind of like you know if like returns is based on that part where my personal time is invested the return on that part is very high but at the same time because i'm personally invested in it there is a lot more investment is way more higher compared to let's say money because i think my uh, i've reached a point in my life where i i evaluate my time to be a way higher investment compared to just a monetary investment in a business if i'm dedicating my time to any business i think that business will do a lot better compared to where just my money is sitting uh, right now so that's how i kind of you know go by but as long as uh, returns are more than what i put into it and then that number is kind of what i expected it to be then it's fine uh, obviously ups and downs are everywhere especially now in today's market like we don't expect properties to give us the same kind of return as they were giving from last few years so we had manage our expectation accordingly and hey let's as long as they are cash flowing they're not uh, we're not putting any of the money from our pocket then we are happy about it we no gonna do any panic sale we have never done that and we never buy a property with the intention to sell it we buy it hold it for a long time if we get a really good offer that we can't refuse we'll let they will sell it otherwise we just hold on to it hmm. speaking of happy hmm. can money buy happiness oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the kind not the not the i think uh 
I think it's just a big misconception. Like, I think you you get to say these things when you have a lot of money. So, mm, privilege. <laughs> yeah, it's just a very privileged question. So, I think, yeah, if you have, I would rather be sad and rich, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is, you know it's, I would rather be, you know, uh, sad in a, like a nice vacational place. <laughs> I want to be sad in uh, uh, Turks and Caicos. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't be, you know, don't want to be sad sitting in a room. So, it's, so yeah, yeah, I think it does. It does. It does makes things super easy for you. Like yeah. I want, like you get that recognition from the people around you. If you do make money, it does comes with all kinds of perks, and then if it makes your fi- family's life a lot more easier as well. But at the same time, I think it you sh- it doesn't it shouldn't drive you to be like it shouldn't money doesn't really change a person. I think it just kind of takes out more of who you really are. If you have a good amount of it, eventually in, after some time you realize it. Once you start filling up your basic needs, everything else is expense, and expenses can be as high as you make out to be my my only part is if i have extra money we invest in a property right away like either in here now we have started doing it in us so now we don't need that many that big of uh, money to save once we have a little bit of money we just throw it in a property in us so uh, that's how i kind of go about it i hardly put anything in my bank account uh, every time my bank account goes up we uh, we emptied out right away in a few months <laughs> where is the yacht <laughs> and so the sports cars just the property for now eventually you know we'll get to that point as well but for now there is no need for yacht <laughs> once there is a need we'll figure out how to get it mm. what do you think is the most common misconception about money uh i think there, there, there are many of them i think the one thing that i really tell people is like if you see someone who is doing really good in their life figure out how why they are doing this good instead of just being uh, never associate anyone's success with luck like you know that's just never like obviously people do get good breaks in life but if you work hard you'll get breaks in life man like that's just a simple thing if you work hard and for 10 things uh, there's going to be out of those 10 things five things just going to happen naturally to you just because you are in a good place with good uh, you know good people and someone is going to give you some ideas which kind of works out to be in your favor very well so those things just happen naturally for people who go out and uh, work but uh, i think uh, most common is when they see someone who's doing good in there and then not realizing how they get there and if we just take that thought i was very intentional about these things as a kid if i see someone who's super successful like what did this guy did to get here like you know what are those what is the business that he started there must be something you know there's always a starting point in someone's life if not him his dad must have done it so i i get very intrigued by that so that's why i love reading people autobiographies of people like you know how they started businesses you know multi billion dollar businesses and just there's no end to the money you can make but i think uh, it is very unique process if you start a business build on to it and kind of go from there and that's it's a process which really excites me not so much the end but uh, i think yeah that's kind of what the uh, biggest conception mission i have seen people having is uh, you know when they seeing the rich people they like oh man i know how they make so much money but it's just that is there's something they have done very unique which kind of makes them you know to that point and that and then i, I think in north america especially that which i have found things are very duplicatable like unless you trying to develop a ai software i think that's that's needs a very unique skill set most of the other businesses are pretty basic fundamentals about you find a client you sell it to them and that's how kind of works the transaction value of it uh, so they are doable by anyone who's willing to learn mm-hmm. there's a formula 
there's a formula yeah there's formula behind all of them yeah yeah except the except the except the like if you're developing some sort of tech products it's different but other than that i think every business has a formula which is very much duplicatable in every category mm-hmm. in your own personal experience when mm-hmm. immigrants are trying to purchase a property do you find them to be knowledgeable most of the time I think nowadays there's a lot more knowledge out in uh, on social media where people do get a lot of knowledge but I think nobody gets any knowledge uh, unless they do it dude like, this is no such knowledge you can learn from by talking to someone who has already done it you only get the knowledge by doing it there's just mm-hmm. no yeah there's no such uh, uh, you know school out there university or course out there which teaches you everything you learn it on the job that's the only way to learn it there's no mm-hmm. other way mm-hmm. You mentioned it earlier flipping houses is it illegal now because i saw something about it it's not illegal it's just you have to pay taxes on it oh okay <laughs> the taxes are a lot higher now it's just uh, and then you have to uh, like uh, you uh, there is a you have to pay higher taxes if you sell it within a year and even before people want selling things for a like usually if you do a proper flip by the time you renovate it and all that it takes 7 8 months period anyway now you just got to hold it for few extra months so it's not like this is always ways around it the government you know does it these things but they knew how people are going to you know if they can make a rule you can always figure out a way to overcome it hell <laughs> yeah you can bend it and what not i yeah, then, uh, it's not break it but yeah there are ways to go around it. can bend it Independent, not vacant. <laughs> so, your personal opinion? Do you think the mortgage uh, percentage is going down soon, or no? I think it's probably gonna something is gonna happen closer to the election time. Uh, it's just sooner we have election, it'll happen sooner. If we don't have election sooner, it's gonna happen in the same time, which is twenty early twenty twenty five. I think twenty five. Yeah. 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 So probably by end of next year, uh, we'll probably get an idea. they'll start going down by a little bit and then eventually in 2025 and so it'll probably get back to that 3% 3.5% normal number do you think the government's going to use it for uh, as a hey look at us we put down the mortgage uh, percentage you should vote for us no i i think it it does help with the perception obviously and then mm. any government like if i would be government why wouldn't i do it you know but like even though government doesn't directly control these things but they can obviously nudge the central bank in certain directions and i think things are getting better overall the spending habits have been curbed the prices are stabilized now so i think they have most of the most of the things that they set out to achieve with interest rate hikes they have already done it or it's happening in next 6 months or so and then that's kind of stable market you if things goes crazy for few years you want them to go crazy on the other direction as well and then i think that period is now pro hopefully by end of this year will come to an end and then we see a just a stable market like things will go back to pretty quickly as long as they stop increasing these hikes yeah even if they don't get it down but i think by end of next year we'll start seeing that cycle getting reversed it's not going to go it's going to be super slow reverse like 25 25 uh, and then they'll reverse it probably over a year but i think we've set at the point that 3 somewhere between 3 to 4% hmm millennials not being able to buy a house how can you convince this generation to purchase a house if you think you can buy a house then we probably no won't be able to buy a house i'm not going to waste my time convincing someone who thinks they can buy a house like it's just like i never had this thought occur to me that i can buy a house even though when i didn't have the money as well i was like okay how can i buy a house if you are asking the wrong question you just not going to do it like there's no point you know just keep keep complaining you know there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> but yeah 
yeah if it's uh if it's about uh really like you know there's like there's just no straight up formula just know how much you need to save and if you can't save that much amount then yeah then go to other market you know go to calgary buy there if you don't go calgary go to freaking edmonton buy there if you can do that either then you just probably and then it's not like you know not everyone like like housing is not a need a lot of people just you know completely happy with renting it out but now the renting is becoming difficult as well so now it's just really making people question can i rent like this for a long time you know that's why this question came in earlier renting prices when uh, when rents weren't that high a lot of people are very comfortable with just living on rent mm, yeah uh, i think now because of the there's a if houses prices goes up there's a pressure on uh, rents as well that's where people really start asking those questions so i think it's it's just a wrong question you shouldn't be asking whether i can buy is like hey figure out how much down payment you need save that down payment and then just go ahead buy it if you can buy this buy something else Mm. Real estate can also involve negotiation skill. Could you share some insight into your negotiation approach? I think my approach is simple. It's just like uh, I know what my client's uh, budget is, and then uh, and it's very specific. It's not into a house. If we are doing because negotiation only happens, unfortunately. Uh, when there is no competition on a house if there is a small like one or two people then you can figure out hey if we can't uh, let's say you know that your client has a uh, certain uh, restrictions on amount of budget they have then uh, in order to make our offer more attractive let's say if we can't increase the price can we improve something on the conditions that we are putting on the house because sellers now in our days doesn't really go for the highest price they go for uh, the offer which has uh, which is has the maximum things that they are looking into like let's say they have a certain pre- preference for closing date they have a certain preference for uh, conditions in the house and then there are certain preference for uh, uh, let's say some uh, sellers would really prefer to have a higher deposit because that gives them a security because nowadays it's very common that deals fell through so we like hey if we can't be the best offer can our uh, deposit be the highest you know that's something we can achieve uh so that's how i think we uh, i prefer that like hey if uh, if you can beat them in price obviously that's the best case scenario but if you can do that then do other things to make your offer attractive as it is it doesn't work all the time but more often than not it will work if we are only competing with one or two offers if there is 10 15 offers then obviously this just you can um, you just have to outprice them there's nothing you can do about it mm-hmm. have you had an experience that the client wanted to purchase the property and you personally think it wasn't a good buy and have you ever like approached me hey do, don't yeah, do this yeah all the time this happens all the time i remember there was a specific example i think there was last month there was a deal that my client was really into that deal and i just didn't understand why i like i understand his reasoning for it but i told him like it's just the house is not what you are looking for it's going to cost us way too much money in order to put it to a point where you want it to go and then uh, there was another competing offer on the house and then uh, the seller kept making these uh, his demands like there was it was a divorce situation so husband and wife like wife agreed to our offer then husband uh, wouldn't do it and then he had came like okay I'm on this uh, closing date and it was just getting to a point where I'm like it's just not worth it plus there are better opportunities out there in the market my client was in a hurry he wanted to finalize something by a date i told him we can never make a good deal when you set a limit in your head that i have to finalize something by sunday i'm like this is just a recipe for disaster and then eventually we did put out for uh, and then i had him like and when things didn't just work out i told him like just back out i'm telling you 
you, you know, you hired me for a purpose. I'm telling you, this is not worth pursuing. Just let it go. And then uh, he agreed to it at the end. But he did uh, really, he pushed me to do it. But then eventually we backed off that deal. And then we find even a better deal, like in maybe a better location. Now things have worked out very well. And then you see the point. I'm like, you cannot put a limit or a number on yourself in order to find the right deal. Right deal doesn't work on your timeline. I'm like, it's just going to work on if we keep looking for it. Eventually we'll find something. Mm, that happened to us when we were buying our house. Mm. We found a beautiful house and we placed an offer. And that guy was just like, a, mm. like he was just being a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. So it, it didn't work out, thankfully. And we found, like you said, find another one, mm -hmm. something better. And we found one. And thankfully, we did. Correct. Yeah. Your business succeeds, extends beyond real estate with business mindset. How do you identify and seize new business opportunities? Just, uh, I think now I have kind of really solidified my way of thinking about certain businesses. Now I only want to invest in certain businesses, which is real estate being one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think the return on value is uh, very high on it. Plus I'm already into this line. So I get to meet a lot more people who does real estate on a high level or real estate related stuff, which has a high return on it. So I want to really focus on this line because I'm, I'm thinking about it 24-7. So it's easier for me to run that business. Now I wouldn't want to uh like you know go into a business which is completely different from the real estate because that takes my attention away from my core business real estate which is driven by a high demand in canada there is no shortage of demand either today or in near future as well so i think we are in the right business uh, from that standpoint and i just double down on this business because the economically it's favorable its favorability is uh, due to the like, you know, it's a, it's a necessity in a life. Everyone needs it. You know, like if you are in a business of necessity, what else, you know, you need, you're not going to go out of business no matter how things goes around. And then, you know, and then same, and then it's just like whatever money we make, we invest it back into real estate, jet, you know, generate enough passive income through it at some point that you can, you know, uh, have enough assets then that you don't have to uh, worry about running business full time then. Do you say you would be a, you're a frugal person? Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very frugal. Mm. And now, yeah, now I think I do spend money on like certain things, but it's just that not, not, they are not very like, you know, to fit my, they're more so to fit my uh, needs, not so wants. Mm. Uh, yeah, but um, I'm, I'm very frugal, like a very low maintenance person. <laughs> so is there something that you know it's illogical, like investment wise, and you do it anyway because it's for your, I don't know, sanity or whatever else. <laughs> I think I, I, I like, I, I do like eating out and I only have specific places where I do eat out. And then uh, I regret it right away once I <laughs> eat it. I'm like, I'm freaking not going to eat it. And then, and then probably after a month or two, I'll go back and eat it. <laughs> but it's just that. I think it's not super expensive. It's just like 20, 30 bucks or so. Yeah, yeah. But I know it's not good for me, but I would still go ahead and eat it. And then I regret it the moment I finish it. And I'm like, oh man, this is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to enjoy life too, man. <laughs> yeah no it, it does but it's just like life is better with the better choices but you know it's, it's fine once in a while i think it's okay but yeah and otherwise i don't buy anything uh, materialistic stuff uh, I, I would spend money on shoes once in a while but i've tampered it down now because i just don't get enough time to wear them so now i don't really go around every time i go to us i'll grab something uh, like you know like some some small shopping here and there 
but uh, nah, just not not super uh, like yeah, not very materialistic stuff. I just kind of stay away from it. Just really needs uh, if I really need something, I would get it. Hmm. Don't tell me you drive a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> I don't drive a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> we I was uh, you booked a Tesla now, uh, and then it's coming. I think next week or so. But I'm really thinking about it because I I drove. Uh, uh, we rented out a Tesla for a week. We went to US and I did the calculation based on how much it cost us to charge it in superchargers, uh, not at home, but uh, supercharging, if you just uh, drive your Tesla based on supercharger charging, it costs you more than the gas. Mm. So I was like, oh man, it's just not really a cost-effective solution because <laughs> I drive a lot. So just like, enjoy your life, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like, oh, this is not uh, a good option from that point. So should I just really buy it or just buy a really nice uh, uh, like a gas vehicle, which kind of mm-hmm. looks like, you know, looks fancy, looks nice, kind of fits my need. But at the same time, uh, you know, if the cost is similar, then why am I running after an electrical car? <laughs> You're so funny. You make me laugh, man. <laughs> Do you think you're successful? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. I think that there's a long way to go. I think success is just everyone gets this success in the initial years. I think if you can sustain it over. My goal is like to run any business successfully for at least sustainably for 15 years and keep growing it every year. I think that's kind of success for the business. Uh, personal success can be like, you know, it's just very, uh, I don't really measure it. Like, you know, I think I have all the things that I need right now. My family lives a very comfortable life. Uh, and then I get to do what I want. I can visit most of the places I really want to visit now. So in that way, I'm comfort, uh, like we are, we are comfortable with what we have. But yeah, business success-wise, I think it's just more of a view. I want to wait at least 15 years to declare that. Oh, man, with your drive layup, it's going to be easy. <laughs> and however... You can still eat your favorite restaurant and buy your Tesla. <laughs> I know. I know. My wife doesn't really like that eating out part. So <laughs> even if I do it, I'll never admit it. <laughs> For sure. I think we're there, but I want to close up with this question, if you don't mind. Yeah. yeah. Many people dream of starting their own business. What mm-hmm. advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs? I think uh, start early. And then uh, like, you know, but just find someone uh, like, I think this your like your business journey and like in general, like entrepreneurship journey becomes a lot more easier. If you can find someone who's doing the exact same thing as you want to do at a high level. Like if you have that clarity that, hey, this is what I want to do. And then you find someone who's doing it at a very high level. And then if even better, if you can get contact with that person, if not, nowadays, everything is on social media. So people does usually share their stories and whatnot. So pick up whatever you can from that person. But then uh, that's just your like, you know, if you know, okay, this is someone where I want to be, get hold of that person, maybe, maybe not one, but if you do try go ask 10 people, one of them will get back to you and will share some of their thoughts. And that's more than enough to get started with. So start early. Uh, and then, you know, imitate someone who wants who you want to be and that imitate it to a point where now you can become better than them. And that's, I think that's pretty much the simple success formula out there. Read a lot. If, uh, like, I think there's really good books out there nowadays with, uh, like, uh, uh, with good substance out there, good strategies, like you can read about, you can obviously you can't implement those things, but I think does reading does kind of sets your mindset in a right way. Go out to networking events. Uh, I used to go there a lot. 
a lot of lot of networking event uh, nowadays just my timing doesn't really allow me i only pick specific events where i really want to go but uh, yeah just start early uh, meet, meet as many people as you can read up their mind see how they think and how you can and then don't re- and then and you can make up your own mind once you have all the information things becomes a lot easier but yeah just network with a lot more people what you want to do who are doing the similar things and i think it, you just take it from there mm, well said again mohit thank yeah. you for coming on the podcast i really do appreciate it thank you and thank you for having me Before we go out, do you want to mention your Instagram again or anything? Yes. Uh, yep. Uh, my Instagram handle is uh, Kanyan Real Estate. But if you just type Mohit Kanyan anywhere, I'm sure you'll be able to find some contact details. You can just you know reach out to me if you need any help, or in general, if you have any questions regarding any of the businesses that I do, or any uh, advice if you need in there. I usually try to get back to everyone within 24 hours, so I'm pretty good at that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> should be able to get back to everyone in time. Again, Mohit, thank you so much. Have a great evening. Thank you so much. Bye. Again, Mohit, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Endel Yosef from Immigrants Life. I'll see you guys later.